Okay, guys, welcome back. It's been a long, long time. Um, and it's been so long, in fact, that somebody has stolen our name in the uh, podcast store. And uh, so we basically changed the name. It's now Talking Thrones with Jones. You're hitting us um, in between episode one and two of season six. This is Jesse Jones. Say just, hello. Just, hello, hello. It's good to be back on the podcast formerly known as You Got Got. Uh, just want to be clear about one thing. It's not Taking Thrones with Jones because I'm the only person that agrees to appear on this. There's, there's actually a long list. I just uh, get the honor of being here for the, what, season, what number? Season six. Season yeah, six yeah. opener, which it's, it's now Wednesday morning. Uh, I just watched it due to a personal situation, and, and I'm very excited and just got a lot, a lot to talk about here, so I think we should just go ahead and get into it. Yeah, let's get into it. Okay, so I'll start, because I know, like, Jesse, you're, like, furiously writing down notes, because we just don't do this with any prep, but I'll start with the Jon Snow thing. Like, I think everybody believes... Over it. Well, well I'm not over it yet. I believe, like, everybody thinks that he's going to be resurrected, right? Like, and the Red really? Woman's going to resurrect him, um, and I think they all assume that and he's going to be good. by Red Woman, you really mean century-old... Yeah, Man just like four hundred year old grandma. Yeah, mature on red tube. So, um, but you know, like I, I want him to be resurrected. I think the main point I, I want to make about Snow is, to me, the thronesiest thing that could happen is if Snow gets resurrected and goes evil. Like I'm talking about, like hangs out with the White Walkers, rolls with the Night's King. Interesting. And like, what if somebody said like the Night's King might be a Stark? I, I don't know that. Isn't person. that fucking crazy? All right. <laughs> like I said, not not super into the whole Jon Snow thing. I, I kind of wish he would just stay down for a while and just so we can get on with it. But that that's just me. You know, more but who you, yeah, he's somebody you are excited about, and that's Jamie Lannister. Jamie Lannister is back from his little quest. You know, the, the former Kingslayer, the great swordsman, and and really ready to do some damage. I am expecting some sort of Lannister Blitzkrieg on the Holy Place and those weird gnomes, uh, and really. Oh, who are the weird gnomes? I mean the the, the faith gnome. militant. Yeah, those yeah. guys. Yeah. they're weird. Uh, but I'm really uh, expecting like the wrath of the Lannister to come down. Super pumped about that. He's back with his sister lover. That's good. You know, uh, she wasn't looking good by the way. For, aged badly with the short haircut. I think she's coming to the realization that all of her children are going to die, and it's kind of hard to probably keep up your look. And she was shamed pretty badly. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're not coming back from that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. worse than a bad internet video. Like, uh, it's anyway. like, imagine if you had to give a prezzo at work after having been paraded through work just <laughs> naked. Whoa! <laughs> yeah. But, 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 so Jamie... Tough to come back from. Uh, <laughs> someone's trying to use this room. Uh, but, I, but the thing, I never do this, but I, I actually watched ahead and I saw where Jamie, Jamie's about to just shed some blood in the holy place, and I could not be more excited. I'm still bummed out that he's only got one arm because I really think he's never going to reach his like full potential. Oh but, yeah, absolutely. But uh, yeah, I, I'm into that. And then the other part of the Lannister equation, which uh, I can't say is my own theory, but someone cued me in on this potential. Uh, uh, Tyrion Lannister is actually a Targaryen. This is a genius theory, and listen to some of the notes. Totally agree with this theory, by the way. And so, uh, you know, with the Khaleesi off doing her bad acting somewhere else, uh, (laughs) her uninspired (laughs) acting, uh, Tyrion's now just kind of rolling around Marine with the, uh, the Dickless. And so... As he's doing around, like, there's still two dragons there. And my prediction is is he's going to find those dragons and they're not going to burn him down, which is going to later cause him to uncover the fact that he's actually uh, a Targaryen. If you remember back to when his last words were with his father, and his father's like, you're not my son. 
And I think that's like a big moment where, you know, we're later going to pull that out. And, and, and my theory is that the Mad King actually raped uh, Tyrion's mother. And, 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 and that's why, you know, because he was really incesty and incesty people have like birth defects, which is why he's, he's a little person. And so, uh, so that, that, you know, that makes him a Targaryen. He's soon to be reunited with a dragon and a Targaryen with a dragon is sort of a badass force to be reckoned with. So even though he's maybe only half Lannister, I think it just bodes well for the whole Lannister clan, even though they've sort of outcast him. But uh, go Tyrion. I think this is your big season. Um, Couldn't agree more on the Tyrion thing. Like, I think, and like, you know, I'm just giving you the book reader perspective. Like, the book spends so much time dealing with Tyrion's, like, psychological state with his father rejecting him. And, like, you know, like, the book sets it up really well as, like, they, it, it makes you assume that he just hates him because Tyrion came out and killed his mother during childbirth, you know, like like she died during childbirth, but like this makes so much sense that he's like, you're not my son, because he's legitimately not his son. Yeah, so, and it would be you know, Lannisters would never fess up to that. And then the, the last thing um, that I thought was, was, was kind of a bummer about the, the first episode was just the, the absence of my original favorite, which is uh, Littlefinger. The OG Littlefinger. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've, I've been saying since since season one that I really thought that he was kind of our front runner to ultimately rule everything, and just to kind of leave him out was kind of a bum. And then the, the other thing that actually bummed me out even more was the little wizard boy in the tree fort. Uh, they sort of pr- you know cut to him at the end, uh, and that was like one of my favorite things about last season was just the absence of. Um, Brom, is that his name? Brand, yeah, Brand Stark. Brand, yeah. Yeah, his, I mean, his aging process I has know. just been crazy. Like, he starts wants... off as a cute little boy. I think his agent is telling him, you're basically, you're, you're just going to be the next Tom Cruise if you keep on growing in the same way that you look. But now he just looks like a, well, essentially a, like a soccer boy. I think they got a new actor, but I, yeah, I don't know, the whole like... No, it's the same guy. Oh, so lame. He's terrible. <laughs> uh, so, like, I, I feel like that was like a big misstep if they started bring that super boring weird kids in the north and the tree fort with the weird people and, well, well, and the so, three-eyed crows. So here's, here's what I want to ask you a question. This is not even pre-prepped. I'm just like, I think I'm interested, you know, we've been on this path that has been led by the books so far and now we've caught up to the books and now how do you feel? Are you like excited that we're beyond the books and like uh, Weiss and whatever, the showrunners can just do this thing or are you a little bit worried that there isn't the grounding of like, you know, the fucking... I mean, if if if... Fatty McGee wanted to finish the books. He would he would have finished the books a long time ago. He clearly can't get it done. And and, and I live in in rolling world where if you can't get it done, bring in someone that can. And like you know, we're not going to stop and sort of work around George R.R.'s eating schedule. So uh, you know, I'm I'm excited about it. I mean, you know, I'm tired of book readers saying, "Oh, that's not how it really happened," or it, it didn't go down Me like too. that. Me too. And, and and now it's like there's just really one story to be told here, and then if George R. R. wants to go and kind of tell his own alt version, it's gonna it's gonna fall on deaf ears like those like Star I Wars fantasy right. novels. So you know he missed the boat there. I'm glad he got the ball rolling. I'm glad he sort of laid this all out. But you know now it's really up to the to the guys at HBO to to, to kind of not break this. <laughs> Totally agree. Okay, so let's finish this pod. I mean, unless we'll, we'll do some bonus stuff if you have it, but give me your take on Melisandre, what happened at the end of the episode. Obviously very shocking. She takes off the necklace. She's a very old woman. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've always been a huge fan of, of Melisandre and her evil witchcraft uh, from the start. And, you know, she was already not looking maybe as good as she, she had been and not really... A little bit of you know tread, You can tell she's been... A little a, wear on those ties. Yeah, she, yeah. she spent a few too many nights up in the north with weird 
wannabe kings. But uh, I'm glad that she's sort of central to the plot. You know, she can bring people back from the dead and clearly birth demon babies from what leeches or whatever she did a couple years ago. So big fan of her and, you know, sort of not going to ever be able to look at her the same now that I've sort of seen what's 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 behind there. Uh, it makes sense if you're an evil witch to have some sort of alternative appearance. But like, yeah, I mean, that, that was some... That, 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 that was a haunting image. Uh, assuming you're single, would you still date her? Well... Let's assume you're single, no kids. Like, you know th- you know what's up, but would you still date her? I mean, I, I feel like that's just a poisonous flower right there. Like, you know you, you know what? That, that if she's into you, it's really just to, to appease the, the fire gods, and, and, and you're really just a pawn in the whole game. But, but she is quite stunning, so it, it's a tough guess that I'll, I'll never really be able to answer, especially not on any sort of forum that goes on the Internet. Okay, give me this. Summer Fling. <laughs> so more importantly, this is the NFL Draft Week, uh, and I just want to get a shout-out. Hopefully some of our listeners will, will, <laughs> yes, will be yes. sitting on the couch, and they'll be flipping through the channels, and you'll see Kevin Costner's epic draft day saga draft day starring Jennifer Gardner as well. So if you haven't seen that movie, you need to watch it because once you've watched draft day, you know that you can go the rest of your life and never see more uninspired acting. Okay, yeah, so I'm so glad you brought this up. Draft Day um, represents the nadir of Kevin Costner's career. You know, you can actually see, you know, I've never seen a big actor take a a movie purely just for the paycheck to this degree. I think you can actually see his impatience and derision, like, seeping into the camera. He is mailing in every single scene, including the confusing love scenes with Jennifer Garner in the closet. Like, it's just, it's essentially, if you're even remotely interested in the NFL, and the Cleveland Browns. I think this is one of the best movies that you could ever conceive of watching this week. Yeah, the best way I heard it described was like, it was like he got called to be an extra in one scene and then found out that... uh, he was actually the star of the movie and just was just ripping through it as fast as he can. Like, sort of like the Bill O'Reilly, just, just I'll do it live, I'll do it live. I can yeah. just picture him saying that. So think Dances with Wolves, only the exact opposite. <laughs> it's like you can watch, if you want to watch an actor contemplate quitting acting <laughs> on screen throughout an entire movie, just get ready for draft day. All right, that's good. All right, I'm thank gl- you I'm so much. That in. All right, Talk so thrones with draft Jones. Day. Uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, thanks for listening. <laughs> thanks, guys. Thank <laughs> you.